Well, our moms think we're funny. Hey everyone, I'm Akomi. Hey everybody, this is Turk 82. How's it going? Oh, I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm good. <clears throat> so, um, what do we have planned for this episode, good sir? Uh, the same thing we plan for every episode. Trying to be funny. <laughs> so, no, um... No, we don't try to be funny? We don't. <laughs> Turk, you have set me up with a movie night trivia book. Mm, I, I did. I picked that up and saw it. I was like, oh, that looked kind of interesting. Trivia about movies. For movies. So... You're definitely more of a movie buff than I am. I've, I've got my ones that I'm uh, a fierce fan of, but, like, man, you, you can, I, I can toss a movie title out there and you can tell me the year and the director and... Well, I mean, I'm no Doctor Strange, like, you know, like uh, Chuck Mangione feels so good, like, yeah, that's not me, but, I mean, I do Okay. <laughs> So there are rules to this book. There's things about like covering different sections and how many answers you get right and stuff. I don't think we really want to deal with that. Okay. I say we just kind of skim through it and, and see how we do. Yeah, that works for me, man. All right. You want me to just start on the first page and, and start rocking? or uh, Now, is it, is it sectioned off into like categories? There are uh, specific categories. Like there's musical and comedies. Uh, animals and family films. Uh, fantasy and science fiction. Uh, so let's uh, let's try start off with ones that we may not know as well. So like um, okay. animals and family films. Okay. Because I don't think I, I would be good with either one of those. Oh, they're superheroes in action. So let's try animals and family films. I think that uh, that would put we would be on like kind of even ground with that one. Would okay. you agree? Uh well. Well, you I, might you might have an unfa- uh, uh, I, I may have a bit of an edge on animals and family films. Okay, but. I'm still okay, okay with that. Unless you want to do something like dramas. Uh, let's start with animals and family films and we can move over into dramas. Okay. Yeah, dra- well, dramas and classics, so... I know some classics. Okay. Oh, there's a whole Disney section I'm about to curb... A whole animated section, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll curb stomp that shit. <laughs> about to American History exit. <laughs> All right. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> Two thousand six's Night at the Museum takes place in this iconic museum. Smithsonian. <laughs> Do you like the multiple choice? It, does, it wait. It doesn't take place in the Smith. It does not take place in the Smithsonian. It does not. What? Oh, uh, is that the American History Museum? Some shit like that. What is it? Uh, you, you give up? Yeah. <laughs> American Museum of Natural History. Isn't that in the? Isn't that part of the Smithsonian? Because they have like they have multiple like um, uh, they have like the Smithsonian like uh, uh, aviation wings. That's where they go to get Amelia Earhart's plane, and that's where the uh, the uh, uh, the NASA things are. I mean, I could be wrong. Maybe it's just not. But I thought that that was all considered the Smithsonian. I mean, you may be right, but I mean, they've got the Smithsonian listed as a separate answer. Okay. So, yeah, American Museum of Natural History is their official answer. Okay, then I will take that. Um, I will take that as a wrong answer. I don't give a shit about history. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm just kidding. 
Oh. Yeah, I'll take that. I'll take that. Oh, fine, fine, fine. Bonus question. Name the actor who wore a hook in Hook and a dress in Tootsie. You mean Dustin Hoffman? Yeah. That was kind of easy, but okay. How was that one easy? But Night at the Museum wasn't. <laughs> that was really Dustin Hoffman. Like, who played Hook and who played Tootsie? Like, it's Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> okay. Well, what's, what's next? Oh, I mean, shit. This, this one feels very unnecessary. Okay. Okay. In an effort to save their goondock community, Blank used an antique map to try to find One-Eyed Willie's treasure. The goondock? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I would say it's probably the Goonies. Yeah! How'd you know? (laughs) Because good enough is good for you, and good enough is good for me. It's good enough. Uh, Who the fuck would live in a place called the Goondocks? So this one... This one is uh, another actor one. All the bonus questions seem to be actor ones, and so that's going to be stuff that you do way better at than me. Name the actor who knew too much in The Man Who Knew Too Much and shot Liberty Valance in The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance. Would that be Jimmy Stewart? It would be. You know, when Jim, when uh, Liberty Valance rode around town, all the men would hide. That's the only thing I know from the song, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, is the song says, when Liberty Valance came around, all the men would hide. And the only reason I even know that is because that song is playing in Dragging the Bruce Lee story when April, the waitress, comes to his room yeah. to have sex. And <laughs> I know that's stupid, right? <laughs> like, wow. That, that makes, how did you, how did you like, you, you put all that stuff together? Um, but yeah. Oh, I should know this one, but I don't. Four Disney princesses, well, they're actresses who provided their voices at least, appeared in another Disney film featuring a different singing princess, 2007's Blank. Okay, say it again now. Four Disney princesses, or at least the actresses who provided their voices, appeared in another Disney film featuring a different singing princess in 2007. I don't think I know. Uh, Marvel Team Up. The license plate oh, into you. I was like, that is not the film turn. No, Marvel Team Up. Um, all right, sorry. Read to me one more I just want to make sure I get it. Four Disney princesses. The voice actresses for four Disney princesses appeared in another Disney film featuring a different singing princess in 2007. Okay. Um... So it's a 2007 Disney film, features a singing princess, right. and there are four other voice actresses for past Disney princesses in it. Right. I was, I was thinking, like, um, shit, I have no idea. Um, I'm going to say Jesus. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, um, I don't even know Disney freaking movies, man. Um... Uh, Prince and the Frog. Prince. Or Frog Princess or whatever it is. No, I've never actually heard of this movie. Enchanted? Yeah, uh, Enchanted. Yeah. Um, Has uh, Idina Menzel 
I'm sure I'm butchering that name. Yeah, that's the girl from Frozen. Yeah. Elsa, Judy Kun from Pocahontas, Jody Benson from The Little Mermaid, and Paige O'Hara from Beauty and the Beast were all enchanting and enchanted. Which one is enchanted? I don't know. 2007, so that was 15 years ago, right? Uh-huh. I'm sure, I'm sure it's, it, I know, I'm like, I'm sure I've heard of it, now, but like, um, wait, is Enchanted the one with, um, with, uh, uh, what's her name? Um, oh, the chick that I dig so much. Uh, no, that's Ella Enchanted. Oh, okay. With Anne Hathaway. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what the hell Enchanted is. Yep, don't know. But yeah, Ella Enchanted was a bit of an older one. I think that was like somewhere yeah. between 2003 2005. Yeah, I don't know what. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't know. Um, yeah, Enchanted. That's, that's okay. weird. Yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that one. Jeff Kinney, upon whose 2000 book this 2010 film was based, 2007 book, sorry. I'll start that over. <laughs> Please. Jeff Kinney, upon whose 2007 book this 2010 film was based, has opened his own bookstore in Massachusetts. Jeff Kinney. Yep, I know the answer to this. Uh, upon this book has opened his own bookstore. So it's the name of his book series. Or film, rather. I have no fucking clue. Really? Yeah. Diary of a Wimpy Kid. I've I've never heard that guy's name before in my life. I know. I was thinking, was he like related to Tom Kinney? Um, (laughs) No, no, I spell their names differently. Like I've never, I I had no idea who that guy was. (laughs) Yep, there was Diary of a Wimpy Kid in 2010. There was Diary of a Wimpy Kid Roderick Rules in 2011. And Diary of a Wimpy Kid Dog Days in 2012. I did not know they made a third film for that. And then they did the reboot. Yeah. Or two reboots, I'm sorry. Re- I know there's an animated reboot. Yeah, but then you also did the one that had um, Alicia Silverstone in it, where they tried to reboot it. But I'm like, nobody wants to see anything with Alicia Silverstone in it. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, shit, even her parents destroyed like, their old home movies. Like, nobody wants to see anything with Alicia Silverstone in it. Um, yeah, I, I, I did not know who did Diarrhea Wimpy Kids, so... That's it. That you got that one on me, man. All right. Point Comey. <laughs> the Comey wins. <laughs> Which phrase is used by Farmer Hoggett in 1995's Babe? Uh, that'll do. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that's even one of the. One of the uh, that that is a possible answer. Yes. Yeah, that, I'll go with the that'll do, pig. All that'll right. Do. I'm pretty sure that's it. I never knew what that originally came from. Yep, that'll do, pig. That'll do. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Hmm. The importance of a baseball featuring the signature of blank is hotly debated by the players in 1993's The Sandlot. Mm. All I remember from The Sandlot is you're killing me, Smalls. Babe Ruth. Probably. Let's see. Uh. 
Nicknamed, among other things, the Sultan of Swat, the King of Crash, and the Colossus of Clout, poor Smalls, played by Tom Guiry, doesn't know that Babe Ruth is also the Great Bambino. Booyakasha, baby. Great Bambino. What else got? Let's see. Whether he's being bought or sold, saving people, or in need of saving himself, the optimistic equine hero of this 1994 film never has a long face. Whether he's being bought or sold, of, uh, what, read it to me again? Whether he is being bought or sold, saving people, or in need of saving himself, the optimistic equine hero of this 94 film Never has a long face. I accidentally saw the answer. 94 film. Uh, I could have figured it out otherwise. See, 1984, that would have been that. Um, oh, I mean, there's so many different choices here, but I'm just going to go with Black Stallion. Uh, close. Black Beauty. Ah, Black Beauty, Black Stallion. Isn't wasn't Black Beauty Stallion? I think so. I'm a stallion, baby. Trump, 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 place. <laughs> oh yeah, this one I know. Okay, set on a farm. 1973's animated musical Blank, based on a book by E. B. White, was produced by the company best known for creating cartoons set in the Stone Age, the future, and in Jellystone Park. Hmm. Let's see. Written by Ebony White from The Spirit. <laughs> yep. I'm going to have to go with Black Beauty again. <laughs> uh, would that be Charlotte's Web? Uh, would be Charlotte's Web. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Charlotte's Web of Confusion. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a Hanna-Barbera. Really? Yeah. Okay. We're... So Flintstones, Jetsons, Yogi Bear, and Charlotte's Web, they produced it. All right, in 2011's The Muppets, lifelong fan Gary hopes to join his favorite television troupe by performing which talent? Gary. Juggling. Uh, that is not on here as an answer. Why, you didn't tell me that there were... <laughs> that there was... Most of these have multiple choices. Okay, okay, so you got drumming, singing with chickens, chemistry, whistling, or gophering. Um, so, um... Just because I'm an asshole that that hates being wrong, um, and, I, and I do apologize for this to a certain degree, but um, I'm here to show the website of the National Museum of American History. <laughs> you coming back to that? I don't know what to tell you, dude. It's just what the answer in the book. I know. I, I know. didn't come up with it. I'm, I'm just. I'm just saying though. It says here to create a safe environment for our visitors. Some parts of the museum may not be available. And then you scroll down. It shows you like the museum map. And it says visit the Smithsonian. The Smithsonian information about on visiting other Smithsonian museums. This is actually a Smithsonian museum. National History it says Smithsonian Institution. So it's actually a Smithsonian museum. It is a Smithsonian museum, but it's not the Smithsonian. But it is a, a it is a Smithsonian Smithsonian museum. Like even <laughs> we, I'm just I'm just putting it out there, man. Like whoever wrote the book, you fucked up. <laughs> like so that's what you've been doing the past 15 minutes. <laughs> you, you, you fucked up, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, um, so what, was, what were we doing again? <laughs> In 2011's The Muppets, lifelong fan. Oh, yeah, Gary, yeah, you were supposed to give me the, um... I did. <laughs> what were they Drumming, doing? singing with chickens, chemistry, whistling, or gophering. Oh, well, obviously it's going to be singing with chickens. Whistling. Really? Yep. Who doesn't know how to whistle? Uh, <gasps> I've got a gun of a couple of people. Wow, I don't know how to whistle. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't have people... You know, we you know what I hate about not being able to whistle? You're all the people that are like, you know, you wish you just put your lips together and go, like, motherfucker, I've been doing it for like 30 years! <laughs> you think it was that easy? I know how to do it by now, right? <laughs> and then people always want to try, okay, lick, lick your lips, say, you know, okay, now, now put your teeth like over your bottom lip like this and go, it's like... I'm like, okay, do this, do this, do this, okay, like take a piece of gum, like, oh, you know, just just go fuck yourself. Like... It's not that easy. So, yes, I can't whistle. So, okay. kudos to Gary. Hopefully he made the team. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't seen 2011's The Muppets. Um, see, that was the one that was written by uh, Jason, whatever his name is, from How I Made Your Mother, right? I don't know. But, you see, this is kind of proving my point that I was talking about at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> What? I throw out a movie title and you're like, oh yeah, that was that was written by so-and-so. It was produced by this guy who also did this and this and this. <laughs> well, I mean, so so Jason Siegel... Um, In 1963, he stuck a french fry up his ass. <laughs> stayed there for a whole year and a half. Well, that was part of the bet. <laughs> <laughs> like, he was, he was like, I just want to be a talented writer and actor and, you know, really be able to hold my own in Hollywood. And the devil's like, okay, stick a uh, french fry up your ass and hold it there for... I don't know, a year, and uh, it's like, yeah, I mean, what really, I mean, what about selling my soul? We're not at the crossroads. You didn't go to crossroads. You're too damn lazy, so you get the french fry up the ass for a year, right? <laughs> Which one is it? If you want to sell your soul and take your ass down to the crossroads, we can have a discussion there. But no, you didn't. You wrote a shitty-ass pentagram on the wall in your shitty-ass apartment, so you get the french fry up your ass. Either take it or don't. Ah, <laughs> uh, so... Okay, but yeah, um, I because he apparently wrote this thing and then it was like so it was really good. People were like, wow, and then when it was time to do the sequel, he like didn't do the sequel, somebody else did or something. But anyway, yep, yep, yep. okay, go ahead. All right, uh, this 2011 film could have been called Winter's Tale, but that may have led people to think that it was a Shakespearean adaptation rather than a story about a dolphin who is outfitted with a prosthetic after a mishap with a crab trap. Mishap with a crab trap. Um, I probably called Dolphin's Tail, which probably makes a lot more sense since it's about a dolphin with a mechanical tail, the first bionic dolphin. Yeah. Based on a true story, Dolphin Tail spawned a sequel in 2014. But don't worry. William Shakespeare, who wrote A Winter's Tale, had a long and prolific career of his own. No, he didn't. I hate the way these are written. <laughs> these answers. I love this this scene here in uh, Far From Home where he... He's in, he wakes up in jail. Yeah. And there's the three hooligans that are in there for, like, drinking and stuff and cause him, like, public disorder. And he breaks out. <laughs> but because they're just nice guys, and they're, like, they're like, oh, yeah, we, we, we committed a crime. So they just <laughs> shut the door. And, like, they're, and now they're not even afraid of the guy because they, they're talking to, like, the police guy and everything. And be like, hey, how is this going on? And, and, and then they're just like, yeah, we're supposed to be in here because we did a bad thing. So I'm just going <laughs> to shut the door. <laughs> All right. All right. In the climactic scene of 1993's Free Willy, what does Willy jump over to reach freedom? The little boy. 
<laughs> I mean, yes, but also no. <laughs> what? The, the excitement in your voice, the little boy. <laughs> that was right, though. You've got a seawall, a dam, a highway, a waterfall, or a bridge. It's a seawall. <laughs> And you, you know who helps that little boy in that in that whale? <laughs> um, hold on, I'm seeing it here. Um, uh, well, the whale, the little boy was Jason James Richter. Mm-hmm. The whale was Kiko. <laughs> okay, that's stupid. Willie and Orca, played by Kiko, also an Orca. Oh, <laughs> well, it's good to know that they weren't being like like species as whatever. It's like. <laughs> We don't like those damn sperm whales taking jobs that are meant for orcas. That's <laughs> racist. <laughs> wow. They don't like them because their blowholes are smooth. <laughs> um, but no, it's um. Ah, uh, hold on, shit. Uh, I gotta get his name now because uh, uh sh- sugar snaps. Oh, uh, hold on. Because you, when you think about it, like, oh, wow, he was in, like, a family film? Like, really? That's so unlike him to be in a family film. Um, I'm drawing a blank on his name. I hate holding up the podcast when I can't think of a name. <laughs> um, I can see his face in my head so clearly. Um, you want me to... No, no, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to cheat because I need to. Just Tisk. Just to... Tisk. Just to, to um, you know, uh, there, there we go. Um, hold on. I'm just going to get one more chance. Um, fuck, it's right there in my head, too, and I can't. Michael uh, Michael Madsen. I knew it was Michael something, I just couldn't think of it. But yeah, Michael Madsen is the guy that I think he owns like the, the fishing boat or whatever that helps them to... Like, yeah, helps the kid to get away in Free Willy. Huh. Or helps them to get the, the fish. Or, I don't know. I haven't seen Free Willy. I'm like, I mean, I mean dude, when you show in the trailer and, like, the, 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 even the, the big, huge movie poster show the whale, like, jumping over the kid. So, like, where's the drama there? Like, he obviously gets out. Well, yeah, but the the E.T. Uh, movie poster shows the kid on the bike flying in front of the moon. Yeah, but I know he didn't crash into the moon. I mean, he may have, like, he may have gotten up that high and then, like, E.T. was like... I can't, I can't go any further. <laughs> he just like fell to the ground. Like, I don't know. Ain't got any more in me, Elliot. <laughs> is that Helen Mirren? Oh, no, Jane Atkinson. I could go. All right, so what we got next? Okay. This is a sneaky one. Uh, in Disney's 1961 classic 101 Dalmatians, Pongo and Perdita adopted this many puppies. See, I was able to figure this out. Would Two. you like the multiple choice? Two. You sure you don't want the multiple choice? <laughs> sure, give me the multiple choice. Your, your options are 12, 99, 48, 51, or 84. Um, 99. Wrong. So. Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm sorry. The question was how many problems did JC have? <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. I was blanking out. I'm sorry. <laughs> so they adopt how many puppies? I have no idea. Okay, so I, I knew the answer to this one. The answer is 84, because at the beginning of the movie, Pongo and Perdita have puppies of their own. And the nanny comes running into the room and goes, 15 puppies! So they have 15 puppies. 
15 plus their 2 makes for 17. Therefore, the puppies that they adopt at the end of the film. 84. 84. So, okay, so... See, I've never seen 101 Dalmatians. Really? It's very good. It's uh, a lot of milk call animation. So, the puppies that they have do not belong to those Dalmatians. Not 84 of them. See, I didn't know that. 15 of them are. I, I just figured that he was just knocking that shit out. Just bam, bam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Pongo gets all the hoes. <laughs> gets all the bitches. No, um, so they have the puppies. The The wife, uh, I, think, I think his name is Roger. So Roger's wife, Anita, works for Cruella de Vil. When she hears that her... Dalmatian had puppies. She goes to see them, sees, oh, they don't have spots. She's not interested because she wanted to make a fur coat out of them. Which I still don't understand. She's fucked up and she's not a symbol for feminism and fuck anybody you think she is. Thank you. Bunch of dumb bitches. Who who would want a fucking coat made out of a dog? She's one of the worst villains that Disney's ever come out with. She's really, truly horrible. I mean, at least, at least like, uh, uh, what's her name? Uh, the, um... Ah oh, shit! The 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 whale orca chick. What's her name? Um, you know what I'm talking about the Ursula. Yeah, Ursula. <laughs> At least she was just a bitch. You're like, yeah, like I don't really care about having your singing voice. I just don't want you to be able to sing anymore. Yeah, you know, I mean, because it's, it's fucking annoying, Ariel. Right. So I mean, that, that I can understand. I walked Bob Dylan on stage in '76. <laughs> Who the fuck are you? <laughs> That's so special. <laughs> yeah, so no, she kidnaps Pongo and Anita's 15 puppies. Pongo and Anita have to rescue them, and then they find out, oh, she's been kidnapping puppies all over town for a grand total of 99 puppies. But a bitch ain't one. Yeah. Now, see, that'd make a great, a great song parody. <laughs> got, got 99 Dalmatians. Yeah. <laughs> 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 If you're having dog problems, I feel bad for you, son. I got 99 dimensions and this bitch is dumb. Hit me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, yeah. Well, the, who wants a damn thing? I just like, wow, that's... No. Okay. It's stupid. <laughs> it really is stupid. Okay. What's next? Okay. Sounder, based on the award-winning book, tells the tale of a farming family and their dog. Unlike the book, the majority of the human characters in the film have blank. Black skin? <laughs> Herpes. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh. While the Great Depression denied Sounders' family their livelihood, author William H. Armstrong chose to also deny them names. The film, however, assigned names to Rebecca, Nathan Lee, and David Lee Morgan, the characters portrayed by Cicely Tyson, Paul Winfield, and Kevin Hooks. Interesting. Yeah. Kevin Hooks, I believe, is a director now. Um, of course, Paul Winfield is dead. Um, and Cicely Tyson believes still alive. Um, uh, yeah, that, I, so that's one of those Newberry award-winning books or whatever, and it never really won because, like, the dog's name was Sounder and all that kind of stuff, but this... Because <laughs> the dog kept stuffing metal rods down people's sticks. <laughs> and, and, and it's, it's such a fucked up story. Like, I don't really get the point of it. It's like, I know it's one of those things where, like, this is life and the depression, like, is father was like a sharecropper and like or some shit like that and he 
steal some meat from like his employer so they can have because they don't have very very much food and they don't have like any meat so he like steals a pig from them and then of course he gets caught and then they they're like hey you stole this thing from me and and I guess you're now supposed, we're gonna sound you and and I guess you're supposed to uh, to feel to like expect them to be like you know but we don't have any food you pay us very little and that kind of stuff and 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 like feel that the father did the right thing but i'm like i don't feel the father did the right thing because we're not talking about an equitable world here we're talking about a world where these people are in charge you work for them they obviously don't give a shit about whether or not you are you know being fed or treated or paid properly Right. So, you know, the consequences for doing this kind of stuff, you know, that kind of shit can get you killed or, or beaten or whatever it is. And no one's going to defend you. So don't do shit like that, whether it's right or not. You know that you live in a world where this kind of stuff, like you have no rights at all and mm-hmm. and they can do whatever they want and no one's going to say anything. So, yeah, I get it. It's not fair. Fuck you live. Don't shit. Don't steal shit. You know, it's going to get you killed. And that's the thing. It's like. Yeah, your family got your family's got to eat. I get that, but they're not going to be able to eat if you're in jail or dead, and then you really can't work. Right. So congratulations, so, you just fucked him over way worse. Right. So then he ends up they he, they get him, and then the dog is like running after them, or the truck, or something like that, or, or like anyway, they I think the dog is hit by the truck, or sounding people hurt. left and right. So then then they think the dog's gonna die, but it lives, but it's like kind of wounded, and then um, the the father gets taken away to a prison camp. And then the boy goes looking for him, and he decides he's going to take his. Um, he and Sound are going to go looking for his father. So they travel all over, and he ends up finding this woman who's like a teacher, and she said, she's a black teacher, and then she teaches other black kids, and so she starts teaching him a little bit, and he likes being with her and learning, you know, learning stuff because he can't really go to school. Uh, but since he's gone, it's just his mom and his younger, like I think brother and sister, and so they're trying to work the field and keep up the production that's needed. That, um, because his father's not there now, he's not there and, and, you know, keep the, keep the, uh, the, the household alive. And so he eventually has to leave the woman. He finds, um, like finds his dad or whatever, finds someone who gets a message to him. And then he ends up going back home and, um, uh, and then his father's like, he's released and he comes back. But somehow during the, while he was incarcerated, something happened. His arm got all fucked up. So he can't use his one arm. And then. He ends up dying. It's like the whole thing was like, okay, what was the point of all this? Like, really, nothing had to have a happy ending, but what was the point of all this? Like, nothing was learned, nothing was gained. Like, so basically, it's, it's just like the whole point of the movie is like, fuck you, you don't deserve to be happy. Right. Because <laughs> you were born at the wrong time. Right. It's like, it's like here's a story about some people that have some really bad shit that happened to them and it just keeps on going. And, um, yeah. <laughs> you want to buy some DVD? Like, fuck you, no. <laughs> So I say we do one more in uh, animation and, or animal and family films, and then we can move on to something else. And then it's my turn to ask you questions? Yeah. Okay. All right. In 1989's Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the kids had to traverse what treacherous terrain to get back home? Uh, wasn't the... I want to say the backyard. That's what I was going to say. I believe it is their backyard. And I don't think it's the front yard. I do believe it's the backyard. Yep, the Solinsky's backyard. And Rick Moranis can unshrink them. Mm-hmm. 
Dark Everlasting is a family film? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, hell, Bridge to Terabithia is a family film. That doesn't sit right with me. <laughs> Which one? Ne- neither of them. <laughs> Wait a minute. Okay. What? Look Who's Talking and Look Who's Talking to family films? No, those both open up with sperm swimming through her gooch. Okay, well, Fuck first, no. First off, you even know what Look Who's Talking is? Yeah. I saw that growing up. Really? Yeah, both of them. Wow. I mean, those movies are so old, I wouldn't have thought anybody would remember Look Who's Talking. Or look, or look who's talking to. I mean, the, pretty much the only reason I remember anything about it was that, like, there was a nightmare sequence in Look Who's Talking To that freaked little child me out. Mm. Damon Wayans is the voice of the black kid in Look Who's Talking To. Um, and, of course, uh, Bruce Willis is the voice of the kid, and the parents were John Travolta and somebody else. Uh, but, yeah. And the first one was, was cute. No, I mean, the first, uh, it's, um, it's, what, it's, what's her name? Kirstie Alley. Oh, that's it. There's Kirstie yeah. Alley. Hot-ass Kirstie Alley. Man, she was smoking back then. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, she was smoking a little bit later, too, but it was like crack. Uh, <laughs> no, I think she just was into food and alcohol. <laughs> just food and alcohol. <laughs> okay, so... Uh, civilized vices. Yeah. You see that? And it was like, fun, yes, but definitely not civilized. <laughs> You've seen Gremlins too, right? Uh, not too. What? Seen Gremlins 1. Yeah. My boyfriend's in, too. Your boyfriend? Yeah. My boyfriend. I, the one that thinks I'm a beautiful man? Oh, yeah! He's in, too. Yeah. All right, so... Yeah, old, uh, old dude was digging on you. Yeah. You missed your chance to have a sugar daddy. Uh, not yet, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, keep my options open. <laughs> All right, so uh, we just did um, family animals and family films. Yep. So, um, dramas and classics or musicals and comedies? I'll leave it up to you. You know, I'm not going to get a lot of either of them. <laughs> I'm going to go musicals and comedies. I think you're going to do that better with that one than you would with dramas and classics. I mean, I've got a few classics that I know. I'm a big Hitchcock fan. If you want to go dramas and classics, we'll go dramas and classics. Oh, by the way, we are reading from a book called Movie Night Trivia um, by Rob with two B's, Perlman, uh, with two A's. Uh, over 400 blockbuster brain benders for film buffs of all ages. But apparently he doesn't know what the fuck the Smithsonian Museum is. But, <laughs> you know, what's ever. Um, and it's uh, printed by Cyber Mill Press. C- C- Cider Mill Press. Um I saw it and I was like, yeah, this could be fun. It's not a very, like, it's not a very thick book of, like, questions, by the way. It's got um, 151 pages, and a lot of the questions um, with the pictures and stuff either take up the full page or they take up, like, uh, it's like two, two questions on a page. So, yeah. not a lot of trivia, but, you know. Over 400 of them. Over 400, that's right. Yeah. Um, so. I'm going to say, why don't we do a little from column A, a little from column B? All right. Do you know how many questions you asked me from... Uh... Not a clue. I was just going off the timer. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, well, how much time How much time did you give me? Uh, 30 minutes. Okay. So, we'll do 15, 15? Sure. All right. So, let's start with the, uh, with the classics. Uh, I mean, sorry, with the uh, musicals and comedies. Okay. All right. Name the 2014 film that can trace its title character's origins to an 1885 poem. 
So name the 2014 film that can trace its title character's origins to an 1885 poem. Oh, man. <laughs> I knew. I knew this was going to go badly. 1885 poem. I'm trying to remember what was big in, in 2014 as well. I thought you were going to say what was big in 1885. I'm like, dude. <laughs> Nothing was big in 1885. <laughs> it was a godless year. <laughs> um, is it Polio the movie? <laughs> <laughs> um... I remember almost nothing about 2014. I didn't know this one either. Yeah, um, I'll call it. I'll tap out. It's uh, Annie, which started out as Little Orphan Annie, a poem written by James Whitcomb Riley, uh, originally titled The Elf Child. The poem served in uh, inspiration for a 1918 silent movie, which... uh, which led to Harold, uh, said, yeah, yeah, Harold Gray's comic strip, um, first seen in 1924. Annie went on to star in her own. I'm talking like this. So I'm reading upside down. That's why I know we don't talk like this. So I'm reading upside down. That's why we just flipped the book. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I can read upside down and backwards. It's not a big deal. Uh, star in her own uh, radio show in 1930, in 1977 Broadway musical, which has been revived uh, several times. An off-Broadway musical a sequel, 1993's Annie, Annie Warbucks. I didn't even know there was a sequel. Um, a 1999 uh, television movie and two feature films in 1982 and 2014. Huh. And only one of them I've seen and not all the way through. I only knew about the comic strip. I mean, I knew there were Annie films, but I didn't realize there was one that recently. But, like, I didn't know that it was a poem. I thought that the origin of it was the comics with mm-hmm. the weird blank eyes. Let me ask you a question. Just because I was, because I just had it in my head here. And I know sometimes we talk about things like, you know, like that smoke and eggs, bitch. But <laughs> how, do you often, so when you're, like, home alone or working by yourself or whatever, or, do you often just say random movie quotes that have absolutely no bearing on anything you're doing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I do that, that, like, for some reason, sometimes, like, something would just pop in my head. Like, just now, I was reading this thing, and and I just thought to myself, it's like, no, I kill the bus driver. And I'm like, <laughs> like and I, I just do that. So, like, I'll be at home, and I just, like, random movie clip, clip that, like, quote that has nothing to do with anything that's going on right now. Yeah, but it just yeah. pops in my head. I'm just like, okay. I'm like, so, um, which... Princess appears in 2014's Into the Woods. This is a multiple choice question. Oh. So if you want me to give you the choices, I will. If I you... believe it's Snow White, but... Okay. Um, say, though the princess uh, alluded to meeting Snow White and Aurora in the stage version of uh, Stephen Sondheim's, Sondheim's musical, Cinderella is the only princess to appear in the film adaptation. Well, son of a bitch. <laughs> I watched part of Into the Woods, and I was like, this is fucking horrible. Because I kept hearing those things like, Into the Woods, and then I was like, this is so damn stupid. Like, all the characters were fucking idiots. Like, it was just bad. I'm like, what? Like, how, how are people saying this is good? Like, this is <laughs> this is horrible. You know, like... Oh, I must have been thinking of The Huntsman. 
Wasn't there a film called The Huntsman? Yeah, that was a sequel to the um <laughs> to the Woods. <laughs> yeah, to uh, the other the other like Snow White movie. Um, uh, the one that had uh, what's that? Uh, that pale faced like no talent chick. Well, I shouldn't say no talent. I just don't like her. <laughs> you no talent. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> the the chick from Twilight. Oh yeah, um, the one who only talks on one side of her mouth. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know. I never remember her name. Unlike Barb Streisand, talks out of both sides of her mouth. Oh, oh what? Um, what? But yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> in 2012's Les Miserables, Les Miserables, Jean Valjean was originally sent to jail for stealing blank pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that's the one thing I'd probably go to jail. Like, I would really admit I went to jail for it. What'd you do? Stole pussy. Stole some puss. <laughs> Shit, I should know this. It's lame is. Um... Shit. I... Oh, man. There was, there was a kick where I was actually, like, reading through the original, like, published scripts of musicals, and I don't think lame is ever fell on my... I'm going to go with bread. I think it was bread. It was either bread or something silver. I've been reading a lot of scripts lately. It's a lot cheaper than going to the movies. <laughs> the Late Miserables, uh, sorry, Late Miserables, um, based on Hugo Victor, or sorry, Victor Hugo's uh, 1862 historical fiction uh, novel takes place in um, pre-revolutionary France. Yeah, where everybody had bread. Right. For to steal. <laughs> Times were tough. Uh, back then, so tough. In fact, that the uh, Jean Valjean was forced to steal a loaf of bread. Puss. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In, in France, a place that's known for making bread, and he's like, "I gotta steal it." <laughs> yeah, that's when you know you're poor. For like the thing that you that your entire country is known for, that you have to steal because you can't make it. But like that's all we're known for is being rude and making bread. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I'm sorry. He's not even rude! In <laughs> uh, 2000... the 2012 one, the one that has Anne Hathaway in it? I believe it is. Yeah, she sings pretty good in that. Um, it also has Russell Crowe and um, Hugh Jackman. And the big thing about that movie is that they sang on set. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, the only thing I've seen, I've, I saw like one song that Anne Hathaway did, and she got really emotional with it. But the whole time I was thinking, this sounds a lot like I started a joke, <laughs> and that just made me wish that I was listening to that instead. <laughs> In 2008, Mamma Mia, Donna, Rosie, and Tanya, better known as Blank, reunite to sing Super Trooper at Sophie's bachelorette party. Oh no. <laughs> I, I don't know. I've never seen Mamma Mia. I don't know either. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I, I mean, Super Troopers and Abba Song. I know that. Well, uh, Mamma Mia is, is a musical based off of Abba songs. <laughs> then are they just known as Abba in that movie? No, no, they, no. They like they, it's. It's not based off of Abba. They just use Abba songs. Oh, like, so they, 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 they build they, it around that. Right. They build it all around Abba songs. Oh, I might have to watch that. Then. I fucking knew you'd say that. As soon, <laughs> as soon as I told you, then you're like, oh, he likes Abba, dude. I like <laughs> Abba. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so Donna and the Diamond, spelled D Y N A M O N. Oh, that's stupid. Uh, D, uh, D Y N A M O S. Donna and the 
Di- Di- I'm sorry, I guess that's Dynamos. That's why I get right now upside down. Dynamos, that's a stupid-ass name, too. Yeah. And, and, second thought, I'm not watching that. And, <laughs> and ABBA singing uh, trio played by Meryl Streep, uh, Julie Walters, and Christy Bransky are joined by their co-stars to sing uh, Dancing Queen and Waterloo during the credits. Uh, I don't give a oh, shit. That's the only two songs they do? Fuck them. No, during the credits, that's when these people join them. The, the uh, entire musical oh, is... sings with them. Yeah. Okay. yeah it's, uh, is... No, um, no, the co-stars do, which is like Amanda Seyfried and somebody else. But um, but the entire musical is nothing but ABBA songs. Cool. It's a musical, like, worked around ABBA songs. Yeah. Okay. Which song is not from 1965's The Sound of Music? Oh, lay, lay the options on me. Do, Re, Mi, mm-hmm. Edelweiss, My Favorite Things... Pure Imagination, The Lonely Goat Herd. Oh, it's either... It, it's one of the last two. It's either Pure Imagination or The Lonely Goat Herd. I'm going to go with Pure Imagination. Pure Imagination is a Willy Walker song. Ha ha! Come with me and, and you'll be in a world of pure imagination. Get away from my fucking river! What's <laughs> <laughs> mother? I want to eat chocolate. <laughs> now, little German boy, don't go near the river. Oh, my God, this river is full of melting chocolates. I love Sound of Music. It's such a great movie about this woman that's, like, teaching these kids and stuff, like, how to be proper German children so they can go off and join the war and help Hitler destroy Nazis. <laughs> I mean, sorry, no, I destroy Nazis. Become Nazis! Yeah, I they, love the sound of music. They get better. Like, they they start being anti-Nazi. <laughs> they start being anti-Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they hit that point where it's like, huh, you know, come to think of it, Hitler always did call a broken bottle. And then like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think Hitler might be racist, guys. <laughs> fighting about. He said that if I washed dishes, then he would do this, but now he's not holding him in. He's trying to... What did we say? <laughs> he's trying to cheat me! <laughs> um, okay. Which 1980s John Hughes movie does Becca reluctantly watch in 2012's Pitch Perfect? Oh! Oh, it's Pitch Perfect, so I know. <laughs> Breakfast Club. Jeez, you were such a fucking girl! <laughs> I watched Pitch Perfect because it's Anna Kendrick and she's hot. She's got her cleavage on full display throughout that entire movie. Fuck you, man. <laughs> so it's Rebel Wilson. That's different. Have I power seen- through the Rebel Wilson for the Anna Kendrick. Have you seen the, the trailer for the like, Hulu or Netflix thing she's going to be in? No. It looks, it looks funny. I, I've, I've seen... Um, oh, Anna Kendrick or... No, Rebel Wilson. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I've I've seen how she's looking these days with all of her weight gone. No, I'm saying like the the, the serious thing she's supposed to be in is oh. uh, it looks funny. Um, all right, it is the Breakfast Club. Uh-huh. And this one I would not know, and so I didn't know that one. I'm not gonna know this one either. <laughs> in 2003, Elf, Buddy visits his father Walter at his office located in Blank, oh, one of the world's most iconic buildings. Oh shit! I uh, I don't know. Because I haven't watched Elf all the way through. Mm, I'm going to say Empire State Building. 
Yeah, I think that's probably a good answer. That actually is the answer. Huh, there you go. Because I knew it took place in New York, and um, I knew it wouldn't be World Trade Center, and I know it's not going to be like this Sears Tower or some shit like that, so I figured it had to be like, you know, Empire State Building. Which, I never really think of the Empire State Building being like, you know, a, you know, a building with like, you know, that has a bunch of businesses and stuff in it. Like, I, yeah. just, I was thinking of just being this big monument of like, hey, it's a tourist. Like, no, it's just where people work. That's yeah, what it does. Yeah. All right, so um, hitting the theaters between 1998's Star Trek Insurrection and Star Trek Nemesis in 2002. Uh, sorry, hitting the hitting theaters between 1998 Star Trek Insurrection and Star Trek Nemesis in 2002 is often called the best Star Trek movie ever made. Well, I mean, the best Star Trek. Movie oh shit! I know what it is. I know what it is. I know what it is. Best Star Trek movie ever made is Wrath of Khan, so I don't know what it No, 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 this is a trick question. Uh. So I'm going to read it again. Hitting theaters between 1998's Star Trek Insurrection and Star Trek Nemesis, which came out in 2002, this movie is often called the best Star Trek movie, the best, quote, Star Trek movie ever made. Oh, Galaxy Quest. Galaxy Quest. <laughs> yeah, okay. See, if I had seen the quotes there, yeah. then... The way it's written threw me off, and then... Um, and see, the way it's written there, I, couldn't, I didn't see the line there first. Yeah, yeah. Where the answer goes, but... Okay. So, bonus question. Name the British actress best known for playing Southern women in Gone with the Wind and a streetcar named Desire. Oh, no. Oh, no. I should know. That's not, uh... Shit. Oh, no, 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 no. It's, um... It's not Lauren Bacall, is mm-hmm. it? No, it's oh, not okay. Shit, because, like, I, I know there's someone who often got compared to Audrey Hepburn... No, he's wore hair really similar, but I don't know. It's Vivian Lee. Oh yeah, I wouldn't have gotten that. I would say that's really a bonus question. It's, it's his musical and comedies. Uh, is is Gone with the Wind? Uh, well, I guess Tree Card Desire is a musical, but Gone with the Wind, a musical or a comedy? I mean, it'd be kind of funny to me, but like, yeah, <laughs> burn that bitch. <laughs> Literally, the only thing I know about Gone with the Wind is. Frankly, Scarlet, I don't give a damn. I know in the end, like, they burned down her plantation. She expects the service to give a damn. But, like, fuck you, we're slaves. <laughs> Did you not understand that when this place burns down, I'm free? Like, one way or the other, I'm free. <laughs> okay. All right, here we go. Which of the following characters does not suit up as a Ghostbuster in the 1984 film? Vinkman, Stant, Spingler, Barrett, Zedmore. Uh... I'm always terrible with their names. I'm always real terrible with their names, but I think Zedmore? Is that right? So, Vinkman, Stan, Spingler, Barrett, Zedmore. Yes, I, I know. I know Vinkman does. I know Spingler does. What are the other ones? Uh, Stans, Barrett, Zedmore. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Zedmore. I'm so bad at their names. Peter Venkman, Ray Stance, Egon Spengler, Dana Barrett, also known as Zool, 
Zold or uh, Zul uh, possession, which would be uh, uh, what you call it, um, Sigourney Weaver, mm-hmm. and Winston Zedmore, Ernie Hudson, uh, the only black one. He, Dana Barrett is not a Ghostbuster. I uh, see it, but like I said, I'm terrible with her names. Wow, apparently so. You read you all the others except for the black guy. I, I knew two of them. <laughs> Only because we watched, uh, Camelot and I watched the Ghostbusters remake this week. Oh, uh, the one with, um, with Finn Ant-Man? Wolford. Yeah. How was it? It was good. I heard it was really good. It was really good. Really good. But that's literally the only reason I remembered uh, Vinkman and Spangler's names. Did you ever watch the Ghostbusters cartoon growing up? Uh, a few episodes, yeah. The Real Ghostbusters? Yeah, it's such a good show. Yeah, I watched a little bit of it. All right, so Wilson Phillips, also known as the blonde, the redhead, and the fat one, at least that's what I used to call him, um, sang their 1990 hit song, Hold On, in the wedding scene of 2011's Oscar-nominated comedy, Blank. Oh, is this multiple choice? No, it is not. Shit. Wilson Phillips sang their 1990 hit song, Hold On, in the wedding scene of 2011's Oscar-nominated comedy, Blank. My big fat Greek wedding. Oh, it would be Bridesmaids. Sorry, Bridesmaids. Circle gets the square. <laughs> Should have known that. God. I see how you want to get this one here. Like, Okay, okay. <laughs> I knew there was going to be a Napoleon Dynamite question in here. Name Kip Dynamite's bride in 2004's Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, like, shit. I was, I, trying to, I was trying to do it on Napoleon, but then it went into like a like a surfer kind of thing. Yeah. I, I really kind of messed that up there. LaFonda. It is LaFonda. Yes. Okay. And did you know that Napoleon Dynamite came out, was unexpectedly really successful, and then they re-released it with like an additional like ending? Yeah. With the wedding yeah, ending. Which is weird. Right. All right, good job. It is LaFonda. How, how long have I been asking you questions now? Uh, about 20 minutes, so we can we can swap over genres if you want. All right, so we'll go ahead and we'll swap over here. And now we're going to go to... So not, not a perfect 50-50 split, but that's okay. I, I knew more of those than I thought I would. You did good. Dramas and classics. It says here, hope your tissue box is filled. These films would get your tear ducts and brains. Oh, for me, I was like, drums. Is about to say, porn? I was about to say, I hardly think I'm going to jack off to a drama. <laughs> right. And then the first one is Titanic. It's about something going down, so maybe I will. In 1987's Titanic, Kathy Bates portrayed Blank, a passenger who was the subject of her own 1964 film. I know this one. Uh, I don't know. I haven't watched Titanic. You've never seen Titanic? No, not all the way through. Ah. So I always knew the title of the movie, didn't know anything about it, but I always knew the title of the movie because I didn't understand, because I was like, the title stuck out, stood out, and I was like, why the hell is this title in the movie that? It's called The Unsinkable Molly Brown. Hmm. Because she was a socialite, and she did not die on the Titanic, and so she was The Unsinkable Molly Brown. Interesting. What do the main characters in 1969's Easy Rider ride? This is really a stupid-ass question. And it's multiple choice, too, which I am not giving you the fucking multiple choice. <laughs> I, I don't know. I haven't seen it. She's an easy rider. <laughs> Wait, no, shit, that's wrong. I mean, I'm assuming motorcycles, yeah? It is a motorcycles. Yeah, that's, that's what I was thinking. Easy Rider has uh, Dennis Hopper, Peter Fonda, and Jack Nicholson in it. 
And it's all oh. about just like, it's the motorcycle movie about them riding, and then the end they kill them all. Like Maybe fucking, I did see that dumbass redneck people. Like, and it's it's such a it's such a hard scene too. And they ride by, and the the truck rides by and just shoots them out you know, as they're going by with a shotgun and kills them. Um, written and directed by Dennis Hopper. Huh. Cool. So maybe I did see it. I'm just not remembering it. Name the actor who played Alfie in Alfie 2004, a role originally originated by Michael Caine in Alfie 1966, and then starred along Michael Caine in 2007 Sleuth in a role Michael Caine originated in 1972 Sleuth. <laughs> so let's start again. Name the actor who played Alfie in the movie Alfie in 2004, a role originated by Michael Caine, Michael Caine, in the movie Alfie. In 1966. And then this same actor starred alongside Michael Caine in 2007's movie Sleuth in a role that Michael Caine originated in 1972's movie Sleuth. I think you'll find the answer to that is a certain Mr. Charlton Heston. <laughs> um, considering that Michael Caine is British and that he was probably dead by this time. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not going to be the right answer. Well, I mean, you can be wrong if you want to, but... Um, I'm going to have to go with good old Gigolo Joe. Gigolo Joe? Yeah. Um, I'm, trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to think of the actor's name now because I'm drawing a blank on him. He's actually a really good actor. He's been tons of lots of things. Um, yeah, Charlton Heston. No, he was in, uh, <laughs> he was in uh, the uh, Sherlock Holmes movies with uh, Robert Downey Jr., um, oh, Iron Man. He's also um, in Captain Marvel. Uh, shit, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on this guy's name, too. Um, but I, I was not normally, I would just call him Jiggle Joe. Simon Pegg? Uh, Jude Law. <laughs> Jude Law. Jude Law. Okay. Simon Pegg? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he Scottish? <laughs> I don't throw out names hoping for some kind of reaction from people. 2002's The Hours features three storylines that take place in three different decades, one of which centers around Blink, an author whose work influences the women in the other two. Ooh. Mm. Very interesting. I have no idea because this movie did not appeal to me in any way, shape, or form. I don't know the answer and I don't really care to know. Shakespeare. All right, you say the Shakespeare, and the answer is Nicole Kidman played Virginia Woolf, as in Who's Afraid of, whose 1925 book, uh, Miss Dalloway's in, uh, influence author Michael Cunningham's book, um, the movie based upon both. Yeah, I don't give a shit. It's it's Virginia Woolf. That's the answer. Truman Capote. I wish. <laughs> Have you read that Truman Capote comic book yet? Or did I get you that? I don't think you did. I might just call that for myself. True. There's a True Capote comic? It was an independent comic book. It was, it was called like uh, Capote something. I got it downstairs. Capote said, Ugly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Capote <laughs> Ugly. It's all about that time he spent working as a bartender, you know, yeah. while he was like, you know, trying to get his first book written. And, uh, you know, he used to dance in the bar for nickels. Uh, yeah. He didn't enough tips. Yeah, they, they told him he needed to start showing a little tit and ass mm-hmm. to, to really make some money. Um, as a title character, Blank did all his own singing in Ray, 2004's biopic about Ray Charles. 
Is that like the asking the actor's name? Yes. As the title character, Blank did all his own singing in Ray, 2004's biopic about Ray Charles. I didn't know there was a 2004 biopic about Ray Charles. Dude, my mom has one of the paintings from the movie that was in like, the guy's house in her house. Oh, yeah, you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeez, when... <laughs> Wait, did they make a movie about Star Wars? <laughs> the books? <laughs> Adapted those comic books and novels until wait, the movie came first? <laughs> How have I never heard about this? <laughs> what did anybody tell me? You were there on the snow planet with the walking thingies? Jesus, Tony, how is this kid? And I don't know, I didn't carbon date him. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Ray Charles himself. He played himself in his own biopic. I uh, know you were thinking of Blues Brothers. This would be Jamie Foxx. I'm sorry, the answer we're looking for is Jamie Foxx. Well, Ray Charles made a better Ray Charles than Jamie Foxx did. Um, I didn't even know. That's debatable. I didn't even know Jamie Foxx played as Ray Charles, so there's that for you. So, so in the Kanye West song Gold Digger, when Jamie Foxx is singing the Gold Digger, like a, a altered version of the Ray Charles song that has the hook for Gold Digger, like, she gives me money when I'm in need. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's Jamie Foxx doing Ray Charles. Okay, that worked. All right. Sorry, boss. It's only two men, I trust. One was me. No, there ain't you. <laughs> I want you now. I want you now to know there's three men I trust. One was me. No, no, this ain't about you. <laughs> <laughs> Posing as a fake psychic, Oda Mae Brown discovers she's actually a real one when she can hear Sam in 1990s movie Blank. Oh man, I don't know. When I hear classics, I think of shit like, like Casablanca. Um, Not some nineteen ninety bullshit. <laughs> well, the the actress that was in this that played Oda Mae Brown actually won an Academy Award for this role. Posing as a fake psychic, Oda Mae Brown discovers she's actually a real one when she can hear Sam in nineteen nineties movie Blank. Hmm. You go for lonesome. Beverly Brothers. Oh, um, Unchained Love. Unchained Melody. Unchained Melody. That's right. Nothing. Nothing. It would be the movie Ghost. Oh, Ghost. Well, you know I haven't seen Ghost. Uh, shit, I didn't want to watch it. We've had that conversation multiple times. It'd be Whoopi Goldberg. Whoopi Goldberg won an Oscar for Ghost, in which she played, you know, Oda Mae Brown, yada, yada, yada. And, of course, why do I love Ghost so much? That's the only thing I love about Ghost at all. Oh... Oh, you've, to- you've told me before. You know what it is. The best thing about the whole movie. It's, uh, it's the ending, right? Yeah, it is the ending. ending. Yeah. <laughs> ah, I love that so much. <laughs> All right. In Silkwood, title character Karen Silkwood, her roommate Dolly, and her boyfriend Drew all work in a blank. In Silkwood, title character Karen, which is played by Meryl Streep, 
her roommate Dolly, who was played by Cher, who I believe won an Academy Award for her, her performance, and boyfriend Drew, who I believe is played by Sam Elliott, all work in a blank. Oh, well, Sam Elliott throws all this off. I was going to say a bookstore. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Bar? No. You don't know what Silkwood is, do you? No, I don't. I've never watched Silkwood. Um, so Silkwood is all about this woman, Karen Silkwood, who... I have to show you the movie poster for Silkwood because when I show you the movie poster and I tell you what the movie's about and then I tell you, like, kind of give you a synopsis of it, you'll, you may find it. I always found, once I knew about it, I always found the movie poster to be incredibly chilling. <laughs> um, but, um, they all work in a, uh, nuclear power plant, I believe. Oh, cool. Um, the 1983 film follows Meryl Streep, Cher, and... Ah, Kurt Russell. I was wrong. Kurt oh. Russell. Um, uh, characters as they work in, uh, uncover corruption in a plutonium processing plant, which is also a nuclear power plant, because plutonium is what's used to, that, you know, use, like, plutonium rods and that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. sure. Just like, you know, it's all the Smithsonian. Yeah, I get it. It is all the Smithsonian. I get, I get yeah. Whatever you say. So, um, the movie was all about, um... The base the place was being was unsafe and um and the uh and possible radiation contamination and poisoning. Uh-huh. And um and she was fighting against it and um she was fighting against it. Oh sorry, I'll just do it here. Um uh, a uh, worker at a plutonium processing plant is purposefully contaminated, psychologically tortured, and possibly murdered to prevent her from exposing worker safety violations at the plant. Um, so she was fighting that, and she was bringing attention to it and all this other kind of stuff. And um, in the end, I believe that she uh, she died uh, as a car accident. She lost control of her car and ran off the road and uh, was killed. And... Uh, and that's the movie poster. Huh. Wow. Because as they suppose is that, you know, she was actually run off the road. Yeah. And that's actually one that like the final scene is like, you know, one of the final scenes is her driving and then like there's the car in the rear view. And, yeah. yeah. Wow. That is very, very chilling. Yeah. Uh, winner for uh, nominated for five Academy Awards. Um huh. Nom, uh, Meryl Streep was nominated. Um, I'm sorry. Meryl Streep was nominated and Cher was nominated. Um, director Mike Nichols was nominated. Um, and uh, it was also nominated for Best Writing of Screenplay. Wow. So I thought Cher won for that one, but I guess she won for something else. Um, yeah. Well, we are an hour and six minutes in. Okay. So you want to do like one more question? Sure. All it right. says here, the scene where Karen sets off the radiation alarms actually happened. Her level of contamination was 40 times the safe limit. So they'd have to go in and out of clean room to, uh-huh. you know, and stuff. Um, it says the picture was released nine years after the events depicted um, in the film, which is in 1974. Um, I was trying to see if it... Um, But yeah, it's a, it's an interesting film. It wasn't one that I had originally planned set to watch, but it's just kind of like it's one of those things where you start kind of watching part of it, and then it's like, oh, okay, this is it. Just kind of pulls you in. 
But um, it's uh, it's an interesting film. <laughs> it's always kind of like, yeah, I don't know. I can't vouch for the um, the accuracy of it, um, even though from just what I read here, it's fairly accurate. But it's always interesting to watch a movie um, that uh, or that's based on a true life event where the person is killed for trying to save other people's lives. Yeah, where where a company's like, you know. Fuck you! Like, I don't, I don't care what these people like. You know, like we don't have the proper safety precautions in place. You know, and it's like that's not my concern. And what's what's even more chilling for me is that if they don't care enough to change the safety protocols, right, mm-hmm. and protect people's lives, then you know that they don't care about killing you if you start speaking out about it, right? Because they've already established that that lives mean nothing to them. So it's like, oh wow, you know, that's kind of that's kind of rough. But let's move on. Um, I'll ask you two more just so we can wrap up this page here. Okay. What disease does Shelby suffer from in 1989's Steel Magnolias? Oh, oh, oh. Um, I know it. I've seen Steel Magnolias. Because um, she would have seizures. Is that Daryl Hannah? I don't know. Kind of looks like it. Not there in the movie. That's a, that's a scroll. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if, if that's the case, that could be Daryl Hannah. But, yeah, uh, you don't know. <laughs> but I meant the person that died, Shelby, that died with Steel Magnolias. <laughs> is that Daryl Hannah? I don't remember. It's been so long. So I think it's, oh. it's what? Sally Field? It's Sally is Field. Is it like Sally Olympia Barton. Dukakis, maybe? Uh, yeah. Uh, Dolly Parton. Is it Lily Tomlin in it too? Or am I thinking... I've never seen it. I never wanted to. I don't know. Shit. Oh, man. I I remember... I remember, like, the scenes where her sickness was fucking her up, but I don't remember what it was. I, I, I gotta tap out. I'm gonna be so mad when I hear it. Just, I know it was directly tied into her having seizures. I had to turn a book over there. Oh, it defies. I couldn't read what that word was. It says, um, though diabetes is usually manageable through diet and medications, Shelby defies her doctors and ultimately dies from complications stemming from the stress pregnancy and childbirth has on her diabetic body. God damn it. It was diabetes. And I was, and I kept thinking, is it diabetes? No, that, that wouldn't be it. Yeah. Uh, of course. Well. Though intended for use on animals, hitman Anton Sugar uses a blank to kill people. What movie is this? <laughs> Though intended for use on animals, hitman Anton Chigurh uses a blank to kill people. I'm assuming it's the movie Hitman? Nope. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. You don't know this movie? This is a movie you should have watched a long time ago. Mm, um, I mean, if it's intended for animals, maybe one of those uh, just like pressurized things that they... Shooting the cow's foreheads. That's exactly what it is. Okay. And then, and No Country for Old Men, oh. uh, Joel and Ethan Cohen's uh, 2007 adaptation of Comarque McCarthy's novel, Javier Bardem's A Stone Faced and Driven Killer's weapon of choice is a bolt gun. There but, we I, go. but I don't think he actually has any bolts in it. I think it's just the just the air, just yeah, the just force the, of it. Just the pressure. Which is funny because he'll go to somebody and 
and he'll put the thing to their forehead and they're looking like, what are you going to do? And then it's just, <laughs> which I'm like, why? Like, I wouldn't just let somebody I don't know just do that to me, but yeah. okay. But yeah, Anton Chigurh, he is so ruthless and so evil. Cool. God, it's just, yeah, he's, he's nonstop. You've seen the scene with the quarter at the restaurant. Yeah. I mean, yeah. At, at the convenience store when he's like, oh, well, I need to close up now. What time do you close? Now, now's not the time. <laughs> like he's he just won't let the guy like he won't let him go it's like jeez and that's yeah. you watch that, that scene and you and like like you're and I'm like my skin starts to prickle because like I can feel exactly where the guy's like I just want this this to be over with yep. and this guy won't let you go and it's like and you know that no matter what it is you say like he's not gonna let you go it's like like just like and like he says like what what did I do to you and he's like doesn't matter. Like it has nothing. This has nothing to do with you at all. Right, yeah. right. Oh, he's his faith, and and in his case, it does because you know he was just too busy trying to you know make small talk. Mm-hmm. On your left. <laughs> so, uh, so Spider Man No Way Home just went off, and uh, I'm sorry, Far From Home, Far From Home just went off, and uh, Captain America: Winter Soldier just came on. And, you know, one of the things I love about Marvel movies, as we've talked about before, are all the callbacks. Mm-hmm. You know? And, of course, this is a, this is a really well-known one. Um, but uh, but I love that because when um, in uh, Endgame, when the portals start opening up and he starts to get... And Sam starts coming through on his earpiece, he's, he's like, Cap, Cap, it's Sam. And he's, like, looking around and he goes, on your left. And then yep. the portal opens up and he comes flying through. I was like, that's such a great callback. Yeah, yeah. I love this part here when uh when Black Widow pulls off. Oh yeah. And she's like, hey, he's like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Doesn't she do something like how you doing? <laughs> yeah. I was like, she's like, Can you guys tell me how to where, where how to get to the Smithsonian? I'm here to pick up a fossil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was movie night trivia. Yeah, not bad. We I think we need to kind of you know, do another one here where we can actually get to some of the really, really good stuff. Yeah, get into the meat and potatoes of yeah. it. But I mean, if if we if we just jumped right into that, we probably never done the other ones in there. Yeah, it would just yeah. be those both of us like scrambling to answer the question first. <laughs> oh. Alright, so um I think it's interesting. So Captain America is writing in his in his book of things he needs to check out. One of them is Thai food. Yep. And it, I think it's kind of funny because you're like, Thai food, come on, you could have Thai food. It's like, no, you wouldn't have had a Thai food restaurant back then. No, yeah. Like, that just wouldn't have been a thing. So, hmm. Yeah, I know. Hold on. I know they've talked. Okay. Hey, fellas. <laughs> Either one of you know where the Smithsonian is? I'm here to pick up a fossil. It's hilarious. Yep. <laughs> I wonder when she said the Smithsonian was she talking about like the, the Air and Space Smithsonian or was she talking about like the Natural History Museum yeah the American Museum of Natural History yeah I, I, that's what she was talking about that's where all the fossils are <laughs> um <laughs> you wrote a bad song from it <laughs> um <laughs> Jesus <laughs> you just say that because I have long hair <laughs> But yeah, I, people have always talked about how like Cap always wears Converse because that was like the only shoe 
that was still being manufactured back then that's being manufactured today. Mm. Yeah, which I don't think he would be able to run like that in Converse. Yeah, I doubt it. He even makes of course, com- then again, he was running like that barefoot. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, the Converse would rip off. Because um, I think she even says later, like, um, I think in this movie, it's like, you know, uh, like, don't mind he goes there, but these shoes, they, you know, they roll up. But, uh, it's kind of funny that you mentioned that. Like, yeah, he, you know, he would, he wouldn't try those kind of shoes, uh, or anything else because these, like, that's, he doesn't know that. Like, I don't know what those are. Like, yeah. what? These, 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 the designs are, like, way too weird for me, too. Oh, yeah. It's which, so busy. Which makes me think of, uh, Forrest Gump when, when Jenny buys him those Nikes. Yeah. And it's like the first time running shoes come out. And it's like, was he wearing a parachute? Nope. <laughs> All right. So All right. that was a movie trivia night. Uh, it was okay. It's not great, great. I, what I, what You're I only saying that because of the Smithsonian thing. No. What I like and hate <laughs> about books like this is, so you've got like, like a, this one page here. It's one page with this like, like really, it's not even great font and like background and stuff. I mean, the background here for this Castaway one yeah. looks like something you would find is like a, a scrapbook paper. Yeah. You yeah. know, and it's like you, it's like the most cheap and basic of like trivia questions out there. Yeah. But someone slapped them all together. They put a bunch of fancy ass pages to it and throw it out there as if it's something fat, you know, something great. And then the questions aren't really that strong. I mean, obviously, we didn't know them. Like, okay, for example, and just the first one I just saw here, right? It says, In any 2004 film written and directed by Guillermo del Toro in which an infant demon grows up to join the BPRD. Hellboy. Hellboy. I mean, come on. Who the fuck doesn't know that if you're in that category? Now, granted, I didn't know the Seal Magnolia one, but but the thing is, the trivia is not supposed to be like for movies that I, haven't, that I don't know. It's supposed to be for movies I do know, like little facts that either have escaped me or I didn't really pick up on or forgot about. Not, not for like. Oh, I don't know anything about this movie. So, like, the, what? That's a fact. Well, me shit. I mean, <laughs> that's like you asked me a question about rocket scientists. I don't know anything about rocket. So everything is a new fact to me. Right. Like, everything is just like trivia question. That's <laughs> <laughs> not how that works. Yep. Yep. So, all right. Well, we'll probably come back to it sometime. Yeah, I think we will. And actually, to the the meat and potatoes ones. So, my name is Turk182. And I am a Comey. Thank you all very much for joining us. And again, this is uh, this book is Movie Night Trivia by Rob with two B's, Perlman with two A's. Yep. Later, everybody. Zang, yo. All right there, folks. That was Our Moms Think We're Funny. Let's, uh, let's give them a hand.